Sweet dog, oh, sweet dog, Oreo, Android Oreo, maybe. We make podcasts now. We make good podcasts now. We the podcast makers. Soviet Russia podcast you. <laughs> like a, like a, oh, like a, it's like a, oh. like me and you and it's like there's two of us and us. We talk, uh, there are words and nauticals, you know, we're going to talk and Hydrox, Hydrox, no, fuck, it's Oreos. Five and six and seven and eight. This is Colin. And this is Chris. And like a magpie to that shiny belt buckle, this is Shiny Podcast. Following the light and throwing a little shade on the newest and brightest in today's gaming technology. Hmm, we'll work on that. We can uh, we can try again next time, and the time after that, and the time after that, and the time okay. after that, and the time after that. And maybe by episode, you know, 312 or so, we might... We might get it right. We might. Maybe. We might. Uh, hey, hey, everybody. We are back as Shiny Podcast. Back to talk to you guys um, about some stuff that we're excited about here. We had a podcast called uh, The Geek Podcast Unlimited. We did. And there's a bunch of you that I bet uh, listen to that that are going to hear this. All three All of three. You. Uh, to to six, depending on on the the week uh, of you, uh, and we love you, you 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 know station wagon full of fans, um, but you know we realized, of course, that if you're going to refer to a podcast or any thing um, as GPU. No one's ever going to find your shit, ever. I was so excited. I thought it was so We're clever. We're so clever. <laughs> We're very smart. So the Shiny Podcast has a uh, – we're going to dedicate right now. We're going we're gonna to hold ourselves to this. We're going to promise that we'll never be clever. <laughs> <laughs> we will dull it down just for yep. you. Hashtag never clever. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so he, here we are so. in the uh, the dog days of summer, as they say. You know, when basically all of technology news is is pretty much completely dead. So mm. what do we do? And my sweat glands are crying, just like just crying, weeping. weeping. <laughs> so sad about their plight right now. Yeah, I know. But more relevant. We should. We decided like this is the most opportune moment to start a podcast requiring there to be news to talk about in the technology space. <laughs> but this is actually a the, the uh, a, a perfect segue because right now I don't know if uh, you uh, are in the market to buy a cell phone. Um, I I'm not at the moment, which is a good thing because frankly, right now as we record it, August fifteenth, twenty seventeen. It's pretty much the worst time in the entire year to buy a cell phone. <laughs> like, if you're thinking you want to upgrade that that device of yours, look, right now, it is not the time. It is not, not 
not the time. Why is it not the time? Because in just a week, uh, the new Android operating system is going to ship. Android O, we will finally know what the O stands for. Usually Google has like a statue on, you know, in, in front of Mountain View and they pull this, you know, curtain back and 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 mm. Mugdroid is out there and he's doing something with food and so <laughs> some sweet snack oriented like uh, posture. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and we'll learn what the O stands for. I wonder what snack O could possibly well, well, we'll see. However, or, or Orville Redenbacher's kettle corn. <laughs> oh my god, I hope so. I hope they just go like full, <laughs> full douchebag on it. <laughs> it's like, it's like orangina. <laughs> so that means also that their new generation of uh, of phones are going to come out. They usually like to get in there a little bit before uh, Apple, and Apple this year is also going to drop not just one but uh, the rumors say probably a um whatever their new spin of the iphone is uh will be released at the same time so two new iphones one quite a bit newer than the other um (laughs) you know because that's how apple rolls man you know you know so uh, might as well just just get right into it but two phones for you to spend too much money on it's too much money and one will have four-year-old technology like normal and the other one will have two-year-old technology so it'll be you know exactly what you want but that's the rumors that there's going to be like special iphone and there's going to be like you know regular next you know whatever tick on the on the belt elite iphone iPhone and yeah plebeian iphone (laughs) so basically the 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 long and short of it is like if you're going to buy a like a new phone um right now is it it is pretty much the worst time because all of the new shiny is about to come out so just give it a couple weeks and see where (laughs) we land see where we land Oh, one one last thing about um, we didn't actually you know cover this, but um, Android O, this new operating system that's coming out. As far as we can tell, there's a couple of features that are kind of cool, but I'm kind of going to gloss on the, over them until after the OS ships and we can you know play with the final release. Um, the thing that I'm really just sort of taking away from it is it kind of looks like a double down on uh, stability and battery life release. Mm. Um, for your old school Apple people, think of this as maybe a snow leopard for um, for Android, which frankly gets me like super horny. That's fine. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Let's work on battery life. Let's work on not, you know, crashing, lagging or, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, what what's your Nexus 6P doing these days? <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh, the sad tale of the Nexus. So it gets Boy. to like fifty-five percent and then drops like a there's, like a rock. There's a there's a uh, basically anytime less than fifty percent, you're kind of rolling the dice <laughs> about it crashing at any moment, especially if it gets chilly. I'm just ima- I'm just imagining you with like a bandolier of like uh external batteries like backup batteries for your phone <laughs> like a chewbacca bandolier yeah, yes exactly <laughs> yeah pretty much no what i know what i have is a a single pouch full of um uh assurance <laughs> assurance insurance <laughs> that will that will actually replace it so that's pretty cool right on i am supposed to be getting a new one soon but i wait I wait. <laughs> Luckily, it's not very cold out, so it do- it doesn't just like <laughs> crash all all the time. It's just, the you know. stupidest. 
<laughs> man, like... I'm never buying a Huawei device ever oh, man. again. No, no. Ever it's... again. It was great for about a year, and then it just like totally started to to fall apart. Yeah. You know, I've dropped it a couple times too. I don't want to like put all of the 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 heat on on Huawei. Um, who made the Nexus 6P for those of you who are playing along at home um, in uh, in the year I bought it, which is just about two years ago. So 2015, I guess. But um, yeah, it yeah, this is, I think, exactly why Google's making their own phones now, because mm-hmm. this is it's just been it's just been a nightmare. But let's stop talking about phones, because honestly, all of the coolest stuff is going to happen after the next episode. So right. let's save it for that. Pretty cool update with No Man's Sky. So, for anyone who who was paying attention to that game, it came out a, a, about a year ago, and it uh, as as far as how it was received, it was a, a big disappointment um, for for a lot of people. Um, it's basically going to go down in history as a as a case study for the wrong kind of PR. Yeah, just like 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 alpha hype and then when game gets released it's not it's it's a fraction of of what it was supposed to be um and and you know when when i pre-ordered the game i was i was very excited and you know i I played it for for a little while and you know i was like yeah i mean this is this is definitely missing some of the features that I think that they said that would be there. Ultimately, I enjoyed it. It was a little repetitive, but there was definitely a lot missing that they said would be there. Um, I mean, that was, yeah, that, that, that was, that is objectively true. Right. And, and so um, that doesn't mean that it wasn't kind of a fun experience at the beginning there. I still I, I had mean, fun with it. Yeah, I did. I, <laughs> yeah. did. I still had, I still had fun and, and, you know, I mean, just, just the joy of like looking up at a planet from an, another planet's surface and being like, I'm going to fly to that other planet that I can yeah. see. And, and, and it, it was just like, it feels good. Yeah. It feels good to do it. Like I can't quite describe it, but no man's sky, like those moments, they, they feel right. It's just like the perfect, it's not overly complicated. So people who are like super into, um, you know, like have their elaborate, like piloting setups or whatever, it might not be that for you, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a little simpler, um, than, than like a, a simulator type, I don't know, yeah. space game. Um, I feel like for that, you need to go with like elite dangerous or something. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, to hello games credit, they got, and and justifiably so got a lot of flack um but they've spent the last year working in these updates and this big one this last one was was really big they they finally delivered on a lot of the things that they said were going to be in the game and so just you know they i feel like anyone less would have just scrapped the project and walked away but they kept at it and they're up to 1.3 now this is like the third major point release exactly one oh which is that's that's a solid year of commitment and they they say they want to keep going at this at this point i have no reason to doubt them i think they probably will no they proved that they're they're willing to to kind of stick with it and make it the game that they want it to be so the the with the backstory and the uh the sort of politics of it out of the way i can't wait to 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 dive into this i deleted my original save to go completely fresh and i want to see yeah, i need to do that oh man and apparently you can you can pick it up and it'll totally work but it does. the new the new content i guess is a lot 
better. I just want to see it. I don't know. Maybe I, I just want to see it from scratch. It just feels no, like it'll I, be I do more... too. I my my hesitant was their hesitancy was uh the like three million credits that I had. <laughs> so Yeah, fair enough. That's yeah. But you know, you'll get that back. You you know, you get some farms, you get some you get some uh some farms. Some, some frigates and you know, freighters and no problem. No problem. But the the moment I started, this is why this game rules. Honestly, this is why this game is like I was also sitting kind of pretty couple million credits in a ship that I had kind of felt like it pimped a bit and I did like the look of it. You know, I was like, all right, cool. A little base. It was fine. Nice existence in the, uh, you know, Euclid galaxy. The <laughs> moment I started a new game, you know, I go through the, the process. I wake up and it's negative 50 degrees and... <laughs> my health is starting to, you know, be affected and I need to fix oh, everything. Shit. And it's like, Oh God. And <laughs> it was a real challenge to get it all up, you know, up and work in order. And I did it, but that, the, the first half an hour was like, fuck, Oh my God, I'm going to run. And I was so into it. I was so into it. Uh, immediate takeaways, uh, from one Oh to now, um, the graphics are like way better. The graphics are so improved. Yeah. And just the couple planets I've hopped around to, I mean, the diversity and like the, the just the interesting stuff that you see was cool already. And it's like I the I can tell the engine has been like kind of played with a little bit and it's and it's really interesting. Like mm. like it's you know, um thus far it feels like the environment matters more to the to its inhabitants as the game kind of you know, sequential or not, what's what's the term? Um, um, procedurally mm -hmm. generates the entire environment and kind of makes these choices. It feels like that whole thing has there. It's more the the uh, the local flora and fauna of each alien world is more responsive to its actual environment, and it all makes a little bit more sense. And I don't, I don't know if that's just like me having not played it or in a while, but I think I, I it feels like it's an, an optimization so that's no I, cool. I noticed that too it doesn't feel quite so it's not outlandish like nothing right. feels like a cartoon character anymore <laughs> yeah. you know no really it's, yeah. it's like no these i'm laughing because are... it's like i remember when i first started the game on on launch day and it was like what the <laughs> what is this yeah this doesn't make any like that type of creature wouldn't be on this type of planet but right. now it it's yeah, th it seems to be a little bit more intuitive. Not um, always. I mean, I saw like, you know, a, a you know, um, a, a giant flying like whale pig, you know, like it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> but the more rest intuitive. of it. <laughs> yeah. Not quite as dumb. <laughs> the, and the uh, other awesome standout thing that this release comes with is about 30 some odd hours of um, story content yes. of yeah. uh, first person story content and something that the way you, you mentioned multiplayer, I think earlier. Yeah. Um, um, yes. Part of the story, I guess, is this simulated galaxy that you are in that is slowly breaking down and as it breaks down you're able to see other people participating in another in, in the same simulated galaxy but that's like they used this as a plot point and it's 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 uh oof, i don't know man i'm uh, pretty excited about it looks pretty cool man yeah i got a 
I don't know. My one of my big questions is, you know, looking at all the systems and and everything that I've found and have named and have named very what I think very funny names. Like, does does that all go away or does that stay like, oh, found by this user? But my sense is actually what is happening is that the plant like that data is preserved. That's what I thought. Um, But the planets themselves are changing. Like the environments have been kind of re-rolled a bit. Interesting. Because well, I've read about a lot of people whose like home planets were these lush, beautiful worlds, and then they, you know, they they turn it, they get into the game, and all of a sudden it's these like frighteningly horrific environments. <laughs> right on. Well, if any of you find any systems named after my brother, my brother and me episodes, um, those are mine. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, we'll we'll be keeping track of that because I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, oh, and one other thing about multiplayer, I don't think that you can actually like see like the other person. I think you just see like an orb. It's like a glowing orb or yes. they call it a glitch. This is the, this is part of that plot yeah. thing that they're that they've written <laughs> the plot thing that they've created that it incorporates that somehow. So uh, it's going to be fun to find out. Yeah, right on, man. Oh, man, that fucking cricket. <laughs> I know. Podcasts in the summer get pretty organic. <laughs> Especially around these here parts. Oh, this is more mobile news that I suppose would have made sense to put up into the uh, earlier segment with Android O and all eh. of the new phones. But you know what? Hey, we're we're. We're we're rolling here. This is a this is a you know uh, uh, a growing experience uh, in real time. We are putting on this show for you. Uh, you hear it recorded, but for us, it's in real time. Actually, we're also rusty as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. We haven't made a podcast in several months. Yeah, this will be one of those things that you know. Again, around episode three twelve, we'll come back and we'll look at this and be like, please never lis- listen please to this. Never don't please please, please. no. <laughs> Um, so PSA, hey, here's that really cool part about the Android operating system on your mobile phones. <clears throat> if you have purchased the um, uh, OnePlus 3 or the OnePlus 3T, which is the beefier OnePlus 3, he he, uh, you will no longer receive updates after this inbound Nexus. There's a lot of other phones that will be uh, dropped as well. Is yours one of them? If that annoys you, maybe, maybe, maybe we should start putting money into phones that have longer support. <sighs> this is a this is a, a, a stupid bummer, and my Nexus device is actually about to get the chop too. So I'll get this last update, and then some security updates, and then Sayonara, Even though it's a two year old phone, which is you know which is bullshit, kind of crazy, yeah, um, which is bullshit, you know. It's it's ridiculous, especially for you know something you know Android being based on on Linux, a massive open source project. It's just like it's such a weird, like like end result of this system that like it just it's just a bummer. Um, the the one little tiny glimmer of hope, the one phone on the market, the Pixel, of course, because it's Google's phone. Right. <laughs> the Pixel device has a cool feature where it has a a, a, it has two chunks of of, of memory of, of flash memory on the device that get 
um, that where the o, the operating system is written to, and as as patches and updates come down, the patches are written to that to whatever is not the active par, uh, partition. Okay, so the, um, this is means that there's like two places to write updates, and so if uh, you you have a bunch of updates and it's time to you know restart your machine to apply the updates, um, you can do so. If it fails, you immediately roll roll back to the uh, previous image, um, and if it uh, and if if it if it works, you're golden. And then when the, the new updates come down, they start writing over that the space that used to be the um, active partition. Okay, you with me? Yep. All right. So here's why that's cool. I, I've been reading about something called post market OS, um, and of course lineage OS, which are the sort of um, spiritual continuations of of, of Cyanogen mod and um, big in the modding community. And and what is post market especially is you know these attempts to breathe more life into Android devices and release an open, you know, a, a, a version of Android for them that is really close to the open source, uh, you know, stock Android experience. Yes. Yeah. So this is super cool. Apparently, lots of developers in that community are looking at this dual partition setup to make easy the process of updating these phones and not having to be able to to plug in your Android device and know how to use, say, the Android debug bridge over the command line to do it. Uh, it's not hard if you know what you're doing, but, um, you know, it would be nice if you could kind of take an old phone, slap, you know, lineage on there, hand it to mom and be like, okay, here you go, whatever, you're going to get like four years of, of this phone um, and it's just going to work. You're going to, it's going to, you know, it's going to uh, update like an over the air update, like as if it was coming from the corporation, you know? Hmm, interesting. And that and, dual partition thing is really going to help that, I guess. And do you think that at any point uh, companies might get rid of the dual partition so that people have to keep buying new phones? Well, to date, there's exactly one phone on the market that supports that. And that is the Google pixel device. Mm. So they don't have to get rid of it. It already doesn't exist. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. And of course, all of these articles will be in our show notes. Yes, we have show notes. Totally. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's like a thing we do for you because we like you. Because we <laughs> read things you. that are cool, and then we put them in one place, and then we talk about them. And since it's already in one place, we figure we might as well let you in on it. Mm-hmm. Word. Um, so. And everybody should sit down. Yep. Take a seat. <laughs> You're not sitting. This one's going to buckle up. You're going to. Yes, exactly. Sit down, buckle up, get ready. Um, put your ashtray in the upright and locked position. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I got rid of those a long time ago, except. Well, never mind. Um, so want to want to cry researcher uh, Marcus Hutchins. Um appears to have been arrested for allegedly developing uh, the Kronos malware. Kronos with a K. And um, it's a, a banking Trojan, uh, I, I believe. Um, and it uh, uh, kind of harvested uh, online banking credentials and credit card data. Um, and right, so Marcus right. Hutchins was the person who helped um, find the exploit that WannaCry was using and to, uh, uh, he found the kill switch for it. 
Um, and so it was, it was a, a domain name, if I recall, like a random string of numbers and letters yes. that the, uh, that the, the, the malware was kind of trying to reach out to. So he registered it and it stopped the infection well, the spread of, of the virus. Correct. Um, so this malware. person has, has been arrested, uh, uh apparently, um, uh, uh, for allegedly, uh, using this, or develop, or not, not using, he didn't use it for developing this Kronos malware that allegedly somebody else used, um, to, to, to do this, uh, get, get banking information. This is a tricky one. And, and boy, did the internet erupt when this one happened because it's, it's so picturesque and also was, not poorly. I don't know. I, I don't want to say poorly handled, but like, you know, the information, the lack of information in the hours after he was arrested was really troubling, especially mm. just with kind of the state of things right now. Um, so he was at DEF CON, which, you know, already frames the, the, the whole thing. You know, he was in the U S from the London, right. uh, from, from, you know, uh, his home in London. And, um, he, was taken and then there was really no word about him at all for a while. Then it turns out that he was with the, he was taken by the FBI, which is like, Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty intense. That's, you know, yeah. that's a, that's a big one. His passport was, um, canceled as well. So he's, he's, he's stuck now. This could be, a, this could, this could, mm, Depending on your worldview and and how this information hits you, there's a couple of ways you can take this, right? Either this is an instance where somebody maybe, allegedly, has changed their ways and and was perhaps not uh, acting completely above board his entire life and has since uh, taken actions and steps to to change that and had real effect, you know, and, and, and real actually had, you know, um, did good things with that. Mm -hmm. Um, or this is a situation of misunderstanding where, um, this, uh, person in the process of researching and, and, and trying to understand malware and picking it apart and poking at it, you know, has perhaps in by the letter of the law done something like transmit malware over a forum or, or some other, you know, you know, place to, 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 to talk to maybe not the most um, lovely and, and happy and kind of characters on the internet. Mm -hmm. But that is also, you know, part and parcel of, of what a security researcher kind of does, you know, to, to right. And then there's the third view that I've heard a lot, which is kind, which is sort of troubling. Which uh, 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 it seems like some people who maybe not so uh, well versed in in uh, the ways of the, you know, the ways of the internet and mo modern technology <laughs> seem to think that well, all these, you know, they're all the same. These hackers, you know, what do they do? Is buying the hackers, buying software, selling malware. They, they, they saw the movie Hackers and they're like, oh, yeah, that's it. Ha hack the planet. Hack they're the hacking the planet. Hack the planet. Yeah, they're, they're obviously <laughs> hacking the planet. Zero. Cool. 
So of course now we wait, you know, maybe, maybe they've got something and maybe he really was a scallywag once and maybe he really has to pay for that. I don't know. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's a, a, a mistaken situation and maybe, um, everybody's evil. I don't know, but I think, <laughs> I think it's, it's hard not to feel the latter of those three. Mm. You know, I think that there's a real sense of unease around this topic now because of the, the, in, the it feels like the slow encroachment of internet rights has, has, has really tightened over the last several years. And it feels like we mm. keep fighting the same battles and everything. It's it. There's an element of fatigue. So when something like this kind of happens, a lot of people, you know, tense up and, and go right to the edge of their seats and, and kind of watch and what's going on here, you know, because I feel like, you know, a lot of people are kind of waiting for a shoe to drop in a lot of ways. But, yeah, you know, reality is often stranger than your wildest imagination. <laughs> so let's just let this one play out and see. Yeah, absolutely. But because of the size of WannaCry and, and, and the size of Kronos, frankly, um, we definitely want to keep our eyes on it. Update that as that goes along. So I got a question for you. Yeah. I got a question for you. When you build your next computer, what's going to be inside? Oh, man. Ideally, I want to make like a totally AMD system. So AMD CPU, GPU, um, you know, just I, I want it to be oriented in that, in, in that way. That's what I think I, I want to try that because I've I've done Intel for a while now. I had an AMD GPU for a little bit with an Intel CPU, and I don't feel like talking about the issues that I had with that combination. But in the GPU backlog, if you really want to know, we, mm. we, we, we hashed it out a couple times. Yeah. Um, and and but I, I would really like to see what AMD has to offer now because they've got quite a bit to offer such as I feel like there's a butt coming on. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but no, 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 but I'm, I'm looking forward to making that system in the future. Um, um, you know, AMD has some really great CPUs out there right now, both for kind of, um, um, more moderate use, but also some, some pretty heavyweight, heavyweight CPU use um, and, and everything in between. And so they're really starting to compete with, with Intel, especially with their new uh, Threadripper architecture. This is the point where I feel like we, 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 need to, we need to keep track because it's a response from Intel. AMD's been putting out all this new stuff. Great. It's selling. That's awesome. AMD probably <clears throat> will continue to exist. And what happens when there's competition in the market? Intel all of a sudden goes, "Hey, ha, you know, if you like, wait, 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 wait. Well, we got something for you. We, we got even, it. We no, don't. It's just, it's just, it's just like it's okay. We we got it. We're we Intel. got this. We got this. It's called, you guessed it, the i nine. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, that is such a failure when AMD's <sighs> like, <laughs> and Intel's like, Intel, <laughs> it sounds like you've got like fruit by the foot in the back of your mouth and you can't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. And um, I mean, as far as, <laughs> as far as how they stack up with each other, um, there are a bunch of pros and cons. Um, Frankly, it really depends on your workload and yeah. And what you're looking to do granted. I mean, the, 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 you know, kind of information that we're referring to, you know, if you're looking to do a bunch of gaming, Intel might be your best bet because it does good. It does like better single core. Um, but um, if if you want to, this you, is only for 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 those of you playing um, context bingo. This is only <laughs> for older or not older older games, but you know any game that isn't already written for multi core, like the vast, the vast fucking majority of them at this at point. This, but that. That's we'll changing. Change, yeah. That's changing, right? That's changing now. So it's like a going forward thing. That's not. That's not always going to be true, as you know. But for now, the back catalog, of course, is going to be a lot of single thread uh, programs. Right. And and for but but for those who are doing you know you know three D rendering and 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 that kind of thing and need a a good system to multitask. Um, looking at these stats, that that AMD Threadripper is. Seems to be um, kind of top top of the heap at this point, um, and just the the performance that it's putting out, especially for the price point that it's at compared to uh, the Core i nine, which is what just shy of two thousand dollars. I think it's just under at its highest at its highest. Um, iteration. Well, no the in, the introductory yeah that's yeah the um the the top tier is two grand the lowest the the cheapest one is uh is a thousand dollars that's still i mean that's bananas <laughs> whereas the whereas the most expensive threadripper is a thousand dollars like literally the cheapest i nine is the top tier threadripper ah uh, that says something and it you know this nineteen hundred x the one that clocks in at about five forty nine that's still quite a lot to pay for a chip i think my um yes <laughs> Gosh, I don't remember now what I paid for my i5 um, 4690K, but it was like it was just shy of 300 something. Yeah, like that. yeah. So that's you know, that's not a, that's, that's a pretty big jump, honestly. Too. But but 550 for eight for a 16 thread processor at four gigahertz is uh, whew, that's something. That's I mean, spicy. I, yeah. You know what? Good. Heat them up. I don't even give a shit if it's not the most performant PC or uh, um, CPU on the on on the market because honestly, it's it's making Intel sweat. Good. That's I love how it. this should work. Absolutely. Fight, Fight over me. Yes. <laughs> no, I I agree, and I want to. You know, I I want to buy AMD products. Like I I believe in them. They're the underdog. I want to see them succeed and they seem to yeah like you said making intel sweat a little bit which is which is good ah i like it a lot mm-hmm. trying to see if there's anything else here um yeah i mean if you want to look at the specific stats there some of them are in the article um you know they're they're w- w- one thing that um the, that thread rippers it's a big it's a big cpu like like physically it's like, yeah it they're big it's, it's big yeah they're <laughs> these like big like just they they look like first gen iphones honestly <laughs> they're like these yeah slabs yeah which you know if you've ever built a computer you know the the i5 4690k that i've got in my system is you know it's, it's tiny this thing is man like fits 
fits into the palm of your hand or like takes up the palm of your hand rather it's big uh, i guess we should have talked about this after wanna cry i guess <laughs> yeah we're all out of related yeah, yeah we're probably, you know but you know what this is this is uh, I, I don't mind covering it separately because it's interesting unto itself true so obviously um there's not much going on these days the news is pretty slow (laughs) world's just kind of floating along not too much going on right Mm. yeah well (laughs) so i wouldn't be we are not a politics podcast (laughs) No. no no we are not we are a technology podcast but sometimes every once in a while there is a bit of an intersection in those two things yes so we're gonna cover that but from the perspective of technology and yeah, yeah. Uh, from a with a with a skeptical technical eye to the best of our ability and um i you know am sort of uh always drawn to uh stories that let us know or 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 have something to do with uh code and exploits that the intelligence community of the united states of america has created uh, there has been a series of releases this year uh, called the Vault 7 releases detailing the CIA's um, exploit uh, vault, like their, their, their bank of exploits that they've built up over the years, um, some, of which that are, some of which are still active and in the wild and, ability, and, and, and are able to be used right now. And this is such a tale of of one exploit. However, this one was developed by the, uh, the National Security Agency. Right. <laughs> a little and... toy called Eternal Blue. They always have great names. Um, <laughs> Eternal Blue. It's a piece of code that was part of the WannaCry worm that allowed it to propagate um, and, you know, s- uh, spread as quickly as it did. This particular piece of code as part, a part of that malware was written by the nsa okay it was also used it was also used earlier in 2016 by a group uh reportedly from uh from russia uh early in 2016 to uh attempt to infiltrate the dnc it's not sh- it is not clear whether this infiltration or this attempted infiltration was the source of the leaked internal DNC emails. <laughs> but it is clear but what is clear um is that this particular piece of code in a public um in a public Wi-Fi in a hotel setting actually um which I found very interesting. <laughs> yeah, not that's, surprising, right? That's genius. <laughs> Cuz it's so susceptible. Anyway, so true so true and and um you know everything's on wi-fi so so uh this this exploit was was part of that and they have um some forensic evidence to to back that up in this article the truth is that really hotel wife wi-fi is a dirty thing it's very dirty very dirty public wi-fi in general is just a a dirty dirty thing I mean, we, um, you know, I don't know. I, man, I can't remember. I don't think we actually got around to talking about it, unfortunately, with, with GPU. But, um, 
your a Wi-Fi router, especially in a public space, is one of the least secure gateways to the internet that you'll ever interact with. Yeah. It, oh God. Because yeah. they never they never get updated. They never get maintained, and it's it's just rife for this kind of thing. It's it's a perfect logistical position for a man in the middle attack too. I mean, you think about it like, uh, you know, I mean, how many times have you seen Wi-Fi networks that are like, he, I, th- I think that's the one I'm supposed to use. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, I'm gonna try it. You know, and, right. and and then you're in. It's like, oh, this is fine. Everything's cool. What am I worried about? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm at Starbucks. Oh, but there's one called Starbucks. Oh, it, it oh it. It's just a typo. I'll connect to that one. Yeah, Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. I love. Star- yeah, I love Star- Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, it is something that I think once you sort of <clears throat> reflect on it long enough, you you begin to take precautions. You know, there's a several layers of of protecting yourself on the internet. One such layer is, of course, using a VPN. Yes, like you're going to be on public Wi-Fi, especially hotel or restaurant or, you know, park bench fucking Wi-Fi. For God's sake, use <laughs> a VPN. It's, it's so worth it. Please. It's, it's just it's it's it really is a digital condom. You know, you wrap that wrap this. OK, truly. And yes, it costs money. A good one costs money. There are plenty of free ones out there, but you don't you don't always know what you're getting with a free VPN. The the the, the good ones are ones that you pay for. You know, you didn't hear it here. Never heard it from me. But now I can watch British Netflix. So there's that. Interesting. Yeah, that works. By the which way. uh for for not that reason, but which uh which VPN are you using? I am using ExpressVPN. Interesting. And not only am I using it, I'm scripting with it. There's a command line client for ExpressVPN. Right. Oh my god, it's so cool. So I can incorporate it into my bash scripts basically. If I want to like nice. just auto connect to like, you know, a, a random, you know, VPN or you know, it's just it's just cool <laughs> this is cool <laughs> cool to that they that they did it that way too definitely no i i i also have express vpn and i like it a lot mm-hmm. app is nice and simple on your phone and been uh, very happy with the service thus far so i was coming from private internet access which i also like quite a bit and is a little bit cheaper not quite so many exit nodes as um express vpn which ultimately swayed my decision it doesn't matter. Just get it, you know? Just get one, for Christ's sake. Fucking get a VPN. And then everybody will look at you like you're some fucking dark Jedi on the internet. It's like, oh, wow. You're like, you're like a guru. Some fucking, like, you know, mountain monk on, on the network. Like, oh, he's, look at you with your mystical internet powers of virtual private networking. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it's so easy. It's so easy. Anyway, use Wi-Fi. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, some if it's not the NSA, nope. it's somebody using fucking NSA tools. Because you know how uh, the 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 thing about code released into the uh, wild is that you uh, you ne- it never gets deleted. You, yeah. Nothing on the internet is ever deleted. You silly little boys and girls. <laughs> Nothing. 
Not even that. Not, not a, even that picture you took. Nope. It, <laughs> not that nope, one. It, that one's still there. I have it in a special folder. <laughs> Chris personally has it. I think that does it for all of uh, this late summer's news, but we will keep checking in. And don't you worry, as things ramp up, the Shiny Podcast is going to be there to tell you all about it. Please, please, please check out our shiny new website at shinypodcast.com for all of our episodes, pictures of us, words about things that we like, and most importantly, the RSS feed that you can plug into your podcatcher of choice to catch our new episodes every week as they publish. So, do you do, do, do you use Chrome? I do use Chrome. Mm, so do I. Uh, so do a lot of people. <laughs> so does pretty much everybody. Pretty much everybody, yeah. Um... And, and, you know, Chrome is, Chrome is cool. Google, you know, it's, uh, it's a, it's a great, great web browser. I mean, I certainly use it. Um, See, this is the problem, espe here. especially at work. No, 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 this is, <laughs> this is the problem here, here, right, right there. When you say it's a, it's a good web browser. I mean, honestly, for a little bit there, it was kind of the only web browser. And yes, I know there's an internet explorer and no whatever no, no. and edge which i know doesn't suck as much as internet explorer but it's still that's that's at the various levels of suck yeah <laughs> it's not a contender for me uh personally and then firefox has been what the has been a dumpster fire for years now you know and, and firefox is supposed to be the darling, the baby, the jewel of, of the open source, open standard, free internet community. Firefox, the open source web browser, has is now, in 2017, getting multi-thread capability. Nice. In 2017, when the fuck did Chrome turn that on? In like 2011? I mean, it it's... So the point is that there's, <laughs> there has been a a narrowing of choices in my opinion. If if you really want like a stable experience, but that of course comes with trade offs that you're you're also hooking yourself to, to Google to to a big corporation that has its own goals and its own plans and, and... right, <laughs> and is you know. I mean, a, 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 a eight eight lane highway to advertising companies with your information, <laughs> like yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and and for work, I mean, uh, the software that we use is optimized for Chrome. Um, but personally, I use Firefox both both on my my desktop and also on my my phone. I I use Firefox a lot more now because I'm 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 telling you, and I'll tell. I, I want to save a, a, a the rest of the Firefox chat for maybe the the end of this part. But Firefox sure. is back, and we'll 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 get to that. But Firefox is back. Believe you me, Firefox is back. But before we get there, there's there's this this Chrome thing goes like a lot deeper than just everybody using it on their browser. I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit the super key on my computer, and it probably won't break anything. Um, yeah, so I'm looking here, and I'm looking at the apps that I have running on my desktop right now. So I'm running Chrome, and um, I'm running Mumble, obviously, um, and I'm running uh, Wire, 
Okay. And I'm, uh, I'm running telegram and I'm running, um, I'm running discord. I'm running slack. Right. I mean, so of all of those apps that I just mentioned, I think one of them is not an electron app. One of them, if, for those that don't know, electron is the desktop bundled Chrome runtime that apps are written like websites, like very, very complicated websites with a lot of niceties and hooks to your system built into the to the um, to the platform. Mm. But at, under the hood, they're they're like websites on steroids with an uh, an isolated instance of Chrome. Mm. Right. And that's like all of the apps I just mentioned, except for Mumble. So all of these web developers and everyone are using Chrome or are, are developing for Chrome. Basically, it's a it's a runtime that they're familiar with. They're treating like the Chrome sort of engine and, and paradigm as a, as a runtime. And, and Electron makes and, and, you know, there are a few others, but Electron's the big one makes that um, possible. It's the interface that gives you things like desktop notifications or like you know, sound integration and it's a bunch of, you know, niceties and hooks into your operating system. But the, but the mm -hmm. point is it's, it's, it's that it's the same thing, you know, on one hand, it, it enables a lot of development, you know, web developers in the same way that sort of Google made a, a, a army of Android developers overnight, the instant that they adopted Java as the predominant platform for development in Android, right? Mm -hmm. They just right. turned all of these Java developers, and there's massive amounts of them, into Android developers just simply by adopting that as a platform. So in the same way, you know, there, there, there's, there's this, you know, massive amount of web developers who are now enabled to write desktop applications. And the cool thing about them is that they run on every operating system. They run on Windows, Mac, and Linux. So it's like a one-stop shop. I can just push this out. Everybody gets it. Everybody's happy. I cover all my bases. No problem, right? There's another dimension to this too. In my business at the moment, I'm finding it, I, I, uh, I'm finding it so flippant easy to be able to go in and sell the G Suite, uh, you know, like uh, uh, product suite. You know, the the uh, for, if you're not familiar, it's 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 a yeah. it's kind of like an, your very own instance of Google that you rebrand under your own look. And it, and, and in many ways, it has a drop-in replacement for Exchange. It's, it allows... Which is... Which is a huge beast <laughs> of a program. To the degree, actually, I think we've talked about this, but they have an app that will go through an Exchange instance that, that Google supports that will go through an Exchange instance and, and make this sort of like, 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 you know, model of it all. And then take that and, and, and poop out an EXE for you. And then you run that EXE and it sets up your G Suite instance with all of those little details of your users and all of those little niggly wiggly things, you know, like, man, that's crazy. It's not perfect, but it's pretty cool. That's pretty sharp. Yeah. <laughs> it enables me, you know, as a one guy shop kind of, you know, Lone Ranger type to be able to offer a pretty awesome uh, support structure without having to invest too much i can use and 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 support these tools in a, and and it, it 
And it's really easy. And people are pretty willing to get on board with it. Are pretty willing to get on board with it. And it and it really works because Chrome browser specifically is pretty much now the de facto runtime for everything. Right. It's overnight. Like I feel like we woke up one day and it was like, oh my God, everything is Chrome. Everything is Chrome. And I'm finding it just impossible to resist at the moment. So I have, you know, I have a couple of customers on the G Suite that I'm, you know, supporting and it's going really, really well. Um, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering how, how, how much of a problem is this? <laughs> like, honestly, like, because one side of my brain is like, oh my God, this frog is got to jump out of this boiling water. The other side of me is going, well, I mean, God, you know, it works really well. And if the whole planet kind of standardizes on these, you know, web-based technologies, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I, I don't know. What do you think? I'm trying to find a good analogy. It, it unites all of these things together and makes it kind of a, yeah, a one-stop shop for all these things that a lot of people need. And it's like, why it, it, it works. <laughs> why, why would I, I mean, I fuck, I hate exchange and I hate Microsoft and I hate, you know, I hate like outlook and their whole suite of just stuff. I hate it. Um, and so to have something that just, just works really well and is well implemented. It's like, why, why use anything else? It's super cheap it's too. Cheap. Yeah. It's like five bucks per seat. Which is like, yeah, it's, it's a no brainer. <laughs> Um, but I, I am wary of the kind of, the, the kind of seeming monopoly that Google is that they, they, they've got all of their fingers in all the pies and it's starting to make me a little nervous if, if I'm being honest, um, that, that kind of thing always kind of puts me on edge. Um, and so I like seeing alternatives, you know, I like seeing people work with other, with other things and, and having other things to turn to because, you know, if it's, if it becomes one thing all the time, then why would they need to innovate? I felt a lot of woe as well. Once I started really thinking about this, I started to get a little panicked, right? It really made me examine like, you know, my God, what are my values here? Like I have to recognize that there's a vast amount of, of control and just, just scope, just massive scope over one's life that Google is, is, is assuming, right? Right. And, and also not, not keeping to themselves. <laughs> and it, it, that's such a, and that's such a sliding scale. It seems, you know, like we don't really know what it is exactly that Google shares. Like we don't know how much, we don't right. know what goes where, what what internal projects get what data, what's for sale. I mean, it's uh, it is all shrouded in that Mountain View mist. But um, I started to think a little differently about this after a little while, though, and I, I, I and I think I have an angle that is not only um, at the end of the day going to give you a lot more freedom over your computing experience, but 
will cost you a lot less and uh you know ultimately become mm-hmm. something that again you know the the lone ranger out here in the uh the tech you know the technology desert um <laughs> i i i think it, it becomes something that is like vastly more supportable than um than the traditional route and that's to give users linux on the desktop with chrome on top of that mm. interesting so if you go home and you got your, you know, your Windows machine or your Mac or whatever, that's, you know, that's cool. You know that it's working for you, no problem. But from a business perspective, you know, pitching to small businesses like, hey, here's what you do for you guys. You know, you, you install Linux. We look at a variety of uh, web apps and native solutions to get all of your work done, your officing, officing, that's a word, your, your, your you know, <laughs> you need to, to use, uh, to do, to do office work um, and your need to you know communicate with the wider world. A lot of people are into using web services more and more, right? Mm-hmm. You know what works great under Linux? QuickBooks Online. <laughs> it works perfectly, you know? Um, pretty much every web app works perfectly under Linux and Chrome apps as well. Then, you know, you set up everybody with their unique profiles and under 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 your dom- domains, and you get everybody set up so that the the bulk of their office work happens either under G Suite, and, you know, Google Docs and Sheets and all that, or you go with something like LibreOffice, which is a an, a, a awesome native uh, uh, suite of office tools. You get them set up that way and 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 standardized, and then they don't really you're not able to really tell the difference between it and a chromebook except a couple months down the line when somebody's got like you know i really wish i could just edit this photo better than google photos lets me do and you're like well guess what We've got a little program called GIMP oh, for GIMP. you. We're going to yeah. GIMP that up. <laughs> Stick GIMP in there. It's 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 like Photoshop. Maybe it's not as good as the most recent version of Photoshop that you're used to, but for the vast majority of what you need to do, here's GIMP, and you just drop it into place. Oh, man, that's cool. All right, cool. I'm off to the races. Here we go. No problem. Not an issue. Oh, yeah. By the way, doesn't cost you anything. Totally free. It was right there. It was right there. I didn't do anything. We just clicked a couple buttons and you got your work done and you have a much more functional computer than you had five minutes ago. All the while, of course, you get the stability of Linux that everybody talks about. You get the lack of viruses from Linux that everybody uh, talks about. But I think we're finally in an era, actually, where you can make an incredibly compelling case to the masses that it's it, it it's time at least from a business perspective unless there's some incredibly important app like uh cad software maybe that's really specific to the windows platform i think you can make a pretty good argument now and i think that most entrepreneurial people are going to look at that and say you know what that's a good idea that's i don't want to i don't want to deal with licenses and i don't want to deal with 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 you know surprises and and you know what happens not not to mention the cost savings yeah you can use your older hardware well well past when your when your windows installs would become mucked up and 
and unusable beyond belief, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's an exciting thing, you know, and, and I have, you know, obviously been using Linux for a while now and every, everybody's right. always kind of like, <laughs> you know, there's the meme of the year of the Linux desktop. Right. And I, I don't want, it's not what I'm talking about. This isn't like some like <laughs> Renaissance in, you know, in desktop computing in 2017 or 2018, but I'm seeing but if, for the first time, I think through this new web-based Chrome based uh, reality, I'm seeing Linux being, more competitive and available and with a, with a with a with a real niche that I've not quite seen before in the desktop world. Yeah. The, a bit of a bit of a paradigm shift. And I think there's a beachhead. I in my experience and it's completely just my experience, you know, I am one person in the sea of zeros and ones. But in my experience People are also very receptive to it for all of the reasons that people usually are receptive to something that saves them money, keeps them more secure, breaks less, yeah, works better. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. How does that? Nope. How does that? How does that land? Does it feel like is Chris Pie in the sky? Like, okay, dude, sure, you <laughs> Linux all the things. We get it. No, no, I think, um, I think. When I, th I think the the biggest hurdle that you know that people are going to have in doing this kind of thing and, and convincing other people and, and convincing businesses to make the the switch is convincing them that this can be as user friendly as you need it to be, like maybe even more so. Um, but there's definitely this there's this kind of mindset, this stigma among people that oh linux oh it's either a what's that <laughs> or b you know oh no that's way too complicated and it's like it's it's not like it's it's simpler in a way it it like yes there's there's a there's a, a bit of a learning curve but um i don't know it's it's more intuitive and it um well, I, I definitely like it. <laughs> you know that because you're a geek, right? You've invested yourself, and yes. in, in you've you know you've you've sought it out, and you 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 want to learn it, right? I think that part part of the cynical side of me, like I can I can sort of satisfy both the optimistic and the cynical side of me. The optimistic side is like you know here's this you know chink in the armor. Here we can kind of like get through and wiggle our way into into a, a you know a greater wider adoption. But I think that. Also, more than ever, the operating system doesn't matter. People don't give a shit. No. All they care yeah. about is that they know they're sick of it not working because it's not worked for a very long time. They don't necessarily want to break the bank on it all the time. And they know that... There's this sense that Microsoft is not their friend and is sucking up all their data, you know, to be fair, just as just as aggressively, just as aggressively as Google does on the web. Mm -hmm. Microsoft is doing that at the level of the operating system. I, you know, I posit to you that because that is 
the reality, people just sort of like don't really care as much anymore. And so there's a lot of sort of eh, – we're, we're, we're like, you know, I just want it to work, right? That's what I hear. It's like just – let's just make it work. You know, do whatever you want. I don't care. People are used to like changing. They, they went from a, from a, you know, keyboard and mouse to a touchscreen. So mm-hmm. now we've got everybody like kind of primed and, and, and ready to, to do something a little different. In a lot of senses, this is a, a you know maybe a, a return to a little bit more sanity and uh, a a something that they find more familiar. You know, I don't know. So from the perspective of it being something that most people find not to matter much, you know, if you can gain their trust, boy, how do you can really get in there? You know, you can really and and demonstrably improve their lives and their businesses. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm. Dude, I'm on board. <laughs> I just, um, I can just see some people being wary, but I think you're right. I think that when people see that it just, man, it just works. <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll get over that phobia. Hope so. If, it, if it's, the, if it's there. Hope so. Cause yeah. I'm planning on betting the farm. Yeah. On I, it. Oh, I hope, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, oh, for <laughs> your sake, I hope so too. <laughs> so with all of that in mind, when we do get you on your nice, finely functional desktop, uh, running Linux at its core, but um, you know you get your business stuff plugged in, and you know you're 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 you got Chrome there. Why don't you go ahead and give Firefox a shot again? In fact, even if you're not using desktop Linux right now, why don't you? I mean, it's okay. We'll forgive you. We still love you. We really do. <laughs> Why don't you give Firefox a shot again? Because I've, it's pretty cool. I've been poking around with it. It's pretty cool again. It's actually like, I like Firefox it. has really been, or Mozilla has really doubled down on getting this, this uh, multi-threading thing working, on um, cleaning up the UI a whole lot, making it look a lot better. And um, there, and, 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 uh, massive gains in um, hardware acceleration with when rendering video, uh, working with your GPU to just make uh, video on the web work better. I mean, yep. it's there's a lot of nice stuff. There are some people who are like uh, I've been seeing like um, uh, I think it's uh, Firefox 54 or 55 is the is the current one with the most most mm-hmm. recent one come out. They're seeing like a 50 percent uh, gain in. Uh, 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 or rather a 50% reduction in CPU overhead with the new Firefox when rendering video online because it's passing it off to the GPU in a much more efficient way. Definitely. That's huge. Yeah. It's huge, dude. Like, I, I love Firefox. It's I use it exclusively on my phone. Oh, really? That's what I use. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Have you tried uh, yep, Firefox I, Focus yet? Uh, I have not, no. Give it a whirl. You're gonna download it and be like, "This is amazing, dude! This is for porn. What the fuck?" But it's like it's like an always <laughs> private web browser. But it it looks really cool and it and it, it's it's pretty slick on on mobile. So everybody try, check it out. Check out Firefox Focus. But uh, Firefox Desktop, especially now's the time to try it again. I know I've been there. I didn't I didn't like it for a very long time. I wouldn't use it. I couldn't handle it. it it's it's better it's way way better now and um especially if you're kind of security focused um some of their privacy options and security options are really great um uh they have just much more advanced settings it 
really has your privacy in mind if you want it to. So um, I feel like that's definitely a, a plus um, as opposed to using Chrome. I feel like we should mention that because of some of the plumbing that's going on, some under the hood work that's going on, some of your favorite add-ons might stop working soon. So you should be aware of that. Um, and with any luck, sort of encourage or shame if you have to the developers into updating <laughs> their add-ons to be compatible with the new um, version because um, it's it's worth it. It's worth the upgrade. Now, I'm going to watch this because, like, you know, things come and they go and they get better and worse. So uh, if, if Firefox remains stable, I could really see myself switching. I don't know how that squares with the previous philosophy just stated a few minutes ago. But at the end of the day, if it makes, you know, makes your web browsing experience better and you're not lining somebody's wallet doing it, um, that's a net win in my book. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, man. <sighs> yeah, man. And um, I mean, some of the articles that we're, you know, kind of looked up, uh, kind of talk about market share and. Firefox might be struggling a little bit in that regard. Um, That's generous, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dropping. It's, bad. it's in bad yeah. shape. It's in bad shape, man. I mean, Firefox used to be, you know, the, the majority, and now it's not. Yeah. But uh, I certainly enjoy it more than I ever enjoyed internet explorer um and certainly more than i enjoyed safari just ugh. <laughs> no thank you yeah if safari has leaves a lot to be desired on linux it just um it just doesn't uh you know um work at all it doesn't exist because we're only works on mac os so it's not like we're, you know yeah really a contender in back, my back, book yeah no i know but back when i had a an apple phone oh right because there's that dark, cute, dark cute little thing where you can only use safari and there's no oh, other her, thing her, 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 right huh, huh. Uh, yeah that that's a thing <laughs> right i forgot about that little detail a little detail <laughs> So interesting times that we live in, you know? I mean, boy, with everything else, uh, you know, as quiet as the uh, world news has been lately, you know, I'm glad we've, we're really seeing things shake up in the um, desktop computing space. Uh, <laughs> it feels like finally we have some, some excitement. This has been an interesting trial run of Shiny Podcast. Um, I'd say it went okay. I'd say it went okay. Yeah. Uh, but we will iron out all the kinks in episode 312, so stay tuned <laughs> for the next 312 weeks. But for now, this is uh, Colin. This is Chris. Thanks so much for listening. Rusty? <laughs>
a little rusty. <laughs> can, can you hear it? <laughs> hey, little cricket. I'm gonna fucking, <laughs> fucking cricket. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking kill that thing. I'm gonna fucking eat that fucking cricket. I'm gonna eat that fucking cricket <laughs> with my <laughs> 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 